Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We often spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. You can attend our church this weekend. We do have two services, one at 9 a.m. and the other at 11. You can attend either. The usual COVID-19 protocols will be in place. And we'll also have a live stream of that 9 a.m. service, which you can find on hbcguam.org. This week, we'll be in Matthew chapter 5, verses 33 through 37, back in our series, Jesus Changes Everything. Today on Harvest Time, let's begin by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Well, half a day, Chris. Man, it's good to be back with you again today and back touching base with our radio listening audience. I'm excited about our guest. I'll introduce him in just a minute. We're continuing in Matthew 5, the Sermon on the Mount, another interesting section of verses. In fact, the summary of it will be Jesus teaching on truth and promises. So verses 33 through 37. In fact, let me read a couple of verses. Verse 34 says, But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black. And it goes on to talk about a couple things. This swear word is not talking about a curse word, but it is talking about promises. And so the question that comes up from people is, is Jesus telling us not to ever make any promises? Or even more specifically, are we not supposed to ever make an oath? Or should we never say a vow, these kinds of promises? Well, if you have questions about that, that's what we're going to discuss Sunday morning as we come back to this. What does it mean when Jesus says, don't make these vows, don't make these promises? And so I think it'll be an interesting study for us as we continue through this idea of how Jesus changes everything in light of the Sermon on the Mount. Well, I'm really thrilled to have Earl Ree with us today, joining us and going to be talking about a couple different things. First of all, welcome Earl to Harvest Time. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to have you with us. Earl is a uh, member here at Harvest and was off-island for a while and now back, and we're going to back up and talk about all of that. He's actually part of a new team that will be translating for church services. And that translation ministry for our messages is launching this coming Sunday. We'll talk more about that later, maybe at the end. But let me back up, Earl, and just get a little bit of your background. You were born on Guam, right? That's correct. Okay. Tell me about, what about your parents? Were, were they born here? Tell me a little bit of your family story. No, so actually, both of them were born in Korea. And my dad actually moved here when he was really young to Guam. And he actually went to school here all the way up until high school. He went to JFK. And then he went to you know college in the States. And then when he went to Korea, that's where he met my mom. And so they got married in Korea, and then they came back to Guam and then had me here. So that's like a little bit of our, our yeah. family history. Um, yeah, your parents have been here for a while. Your mom since marriage, your dad since he was young. Your dad has been very involved in the soccer community, right? A lot of people would know him in yes. various ways, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah, he coached the Harvest soccer team. But I mean, even before that, like he would coach national teams. And 
pretty much like you know as soon as i was born my life was set for me it was like you're gonna play soccer and then my mom is a pianist so you know i also had to learn piano too so well, i, I didn't i that. didn't know that music no. part wow you'll have to play sometime <laughs> i used to play you know like in high school i actually played at church once or twice so oh, wow. uh, i don't know if i should have let out that secret <laughs> to you now. now it's out everybody on the island now knows it so <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah so y- your life was kind of set right from the beginning right yep. parents had the plan for that that's right yeah and then i went to school at harvest and you know from k3 all the way to 12 so i truly was like a harvest baby you know i'm you know there's still a couple kids like that or a couple i guess men and you know people like that in harvest church now right Right. like growing up from you know when they were a kid so i was pretty much like i had that experience growing up your parents were involved in the church all along that time or did you did they get i don't know did they get involved with you know you sending you to the academy or how did that work yeah so that's that's a good question so we started out going to a korean church you know that's i grew up in a korean church and then in high school i actually decided to go to harvest church okay and so i actually was the first one you know i would just go by myself i think i don't remember exactly if i took the car or like if they just dropped me off but like i would go and i think i maybe you know a couple times i went with my friends and then they decided later that they were going to join me okay and so yeah that's how my family all came to harvest and you know they've been loving it you know i think they really enjoyed how harvest was full of love Mm -hmm. like as soon as my parents came in you know even with the previous pastor and his wife and also you know just the whole community you know they just really welcomed them and so that really like they were like why why should we leave yeah that's a great story yeah you talked about being a k3 through 12 harvest christian academy grad tell me about your experience you know in the academy so First of all, I mean, because of the academy, I got saved. Yeah. Tell me about that. We should stop there. Sure. I was five years old, and I still remember my teacher was, her name was Miss Scroggins. Mm-hmm. And she had told a story one day how, you know, basically we were all sinners and gave us the fact that, you know, because of the first man and woman sinning we're all born sinners and she said but there is a way you know even though we're separated by god because of that that we can be with him again Mm -hmm. and that's to ask jesus to come into our hearts and be saved i remember that clearly and as a five-year-old kid like that actually hit me and so i remember like i went to my parents bed and then i knelt down and prayed jesus to come into my life and so that point on I consider myself a Christian and obviously I've had my highs and lows and, Mm -hmm. you know, just growing up, right? Like finding out who I am, even as a Christian and, you know, how much do I want to follow Jesus? Just I've had those like, you know, questions and, you know, that struggle. But I believe that once you're saved, God will take care of you. And so I truly believe that if you're saved, that God will always bring you back no matter what. And so that's basically been my, my testimony. That's cool, Earl. Thank you for sharing that. And it's a very clear story. And in fact, shout out to Miss Scroggins, who, you know, has gone on from Harvest and, you know, who knows where. But if there's any chance that she heard about that, her influence many years ago now in your life. And actually, in some ways, I, I just that story is an encouragement to every one of our Academy teachers now. Miss mm-hmm. Scroggins is sort of representative of the influence that teachers have in just sharing the gospel and so that's yeah. right. Yeah, that's thank a, you, Miss Groggins. <laughs> that's cool. That's a great. That's a great thing. I know you're involved in a lot of things at the academy, but from your dad, you know, soccer. You were involved with the first HCA 
Island Soccer Championship. Is that right? That's correct. 2008. Oh, okay. Tell me about that. Yeah, those were the glory years. <laughs> I know we won one recently. Yes. So. Yeah, Kim, that's the first one since then. Right, right. right. It, it's been a long time coming because I know, you know, they've been, you know, close. Very close. And, yeah. yeah. But yeah, those were really good years. It was just made up of a bunch of players who we've played together since we were like five years old. Mm -hmm. And so the team chemistry was just amazing. Like we knew where we were going to be. I can pass to my friend and like I wouldn't even be looking at him. Yeah. You know, that's just how much of a connection we had. And I think that's something that like no matter how much talent you have, sometimes it, you can't really teach that. It just comes from experience. And so that really is what got us to championship. Yeah, that's awesome. What's your best memory of the championship season? Anything you can think back that's like, who? Yeah, I would say the championship game. We were already up two to one, but I scored the last goal just to kind of seal it. And yeah. then I just remember, like, I just started running towards the crowd and then I was just, like, <laughs> pointing my hands up in the I don't know why I did that celebration. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like whatever happens, happens, right? When yeah. you're winning, it's like they'll forgive you. <laughs> yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that was the first of some championships. We hope there's a lot more. But, well, the, actually, I really believe this, the impact that athletics can have in the development of character. It's really part of the academy whole philosophy. And you guys started something that's grown. Maybe not always as many championships, but the program is strong and really a, a bunch of programs. So that's, that's cool about that. So you graduated from HCA and then uh, you went off island for college, right? Tell, yes. me, tell me where, what was the degree you worked at? So after I graduated in high school, I went to Baylor. Okay. You know, they gave me a scholarship. And so, you know, I couldn't refuse. And mm. so I went to Baylor. I studied first it was business management. And then I went into finance and I graduated with a degree in that. I learned a lot. I mean, it was definitely a jump up from, you know, just regular high school academics to college academics. And right. so that was definitely a learning experience. And then I kind of took that and I went to Houston where I got my first job. And so I actually worked there for about six years. And that's what I, you know, was doing before I came here. Business, finance, what was the job there? So basically I was managing like a 401k plan, like a retirement plan for an oil company because there's a lot of oil companies out there, right? And so a lot of the companies out there, even if you're not working for an oil company, like a lot of the businesses support the oil companies that are there. And so, you know, that's that was uh, something that I was doing. And that's actually kind of the reason <laughs> the reason why I came to Guam was because I actually didn't really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. And so I think like basically I... Being like the firstborn son, like from a Korean family, that actually does put a bit of pressure on sure. you sometimes. And yeah. so basically, like I try to stick it out and I was just kind of saying, hey, like this is a good job. This is a steady job, you know, that right. you should be thankful for this. But it was clearly not my passion and it was clearly not what like I really looking back, like that's just not what I was meant to do. Hmm. And so, you know, I basically stuck in there for as long as I could. And then I I had a breaking point. I was like, you know, what? honestly, it was you know, kind of uh, putting a tax on me mentally. And, right. you know, I think even up to a point, like I was involved in my ministry in, in church in Houston, but that wasn't going too well either because then, you know, I would be exhausted from work and just kind of mentally tired. And that kind of started affecting like my ministry at church too. And so I was like, yeah, there's something going on here. And so when my dad had asked like, hey, do you want to just help me out in real estate in Guam? I kind of took it as like an opportunity. I was already actually thinking about like, switching jobs and you know changing careers and then my dad you know it was just god's timing i guess he asked me hey do you want to come back and help me in real estate and so i jumped on the chance basically 
Hey, Earl, thanks for your transparency and honesty kind of about that, uh, because that story is not unusual. And, uh, you know, there are people listening, I'm guessing right now, that are connecting with that, um, want to be successful, good education, great job. I mean, you're living the life, right? You're young, you're right. single, you know, mm-hmm. the whole thing. But the spiritual journey was a challenge. And even for you, you were, you were trying, right? Yes. Any, any more kind of about the spiritual journey during, during that time? Sure. So I was always involved in ministry, like even in my college church. And then so it felt natural for me to be involved in ministry even when I went to church in Houston. So what I would do is, you know, I would be part of like either the greeting ministry. So then I would be the ones who'd be like holding doors sure. and then like greeting people. Which in the is an important, important job. Right. Yeah. 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 But then like I realized that, hey, like I should be, you know, like. I shouldn't be depressed when I'm like greeting people at the right. door. Like that's just kind of weird. Like I would have to put kind of a fake face on, or, sure. you know, things like that. And so, and then I also tried doing other things, kind of like you know, serving in the kitchen and things like that. So I thought that it was always like I feel like I should always put at least some of my time doing ministry or you know helping out, you know, doing the Lord's work. Mm. So actually coming here to Guam, I, that's actually one of the first things I thought about was like, how am I going to be involved in the at Harvest Church, you know, once they start coming to services here. Yeah, yeah. The work part, you know, let's say those six years after, just a little bit draining, right? Just because there's a lot of demand, a lot of expectations. Yes, right? You're it was that. a team of four. Basically, the oil company had about 40,000 people and we had, it was just like a team of four. So it's like 10,000 per person just managing like the retirements for all of them. And so, yeah, it was just a lot of work. And then I would have to work overtime late nights and things like that. And so, you know, I think it's like, if it's helpful, like if you're interested in that thing, so then like, even if you're, you know, working overtime, if you're interested or if you're, you have your passion for it, then you can still, you know, have the energy to do other things like, you know, do, you know, try to be involved in ministry or other things like that. But I think it's just, you know, whenever one thing is tiring in your life, I feel like it kind of bleeds into your other aspects. And so I think that's definitely a good life lesson. It's just knowing when to stop and just say like, hey, like, stop trying to stick it out, you know, got to, reset think about like you know where you are at life you know ask god hey is this where i should be and see if he's leading you elsewhere and so that's kind of what i did basically like a few months leading up to me coming to guam i kept asking god like hey what should i do next mm-hmm. and you said you know dad kind of opened up the door so you're involved with a real estate agency that your dad owns and mm-hmm. you guys are kind of working towards that right Trying yeah to- it's small it's a mom and pop shop you know sure. it's Basically, my dad had been doing it for 30 years by himself, but he picked a great name, you know. I don't know. This is, this is a shameless plug, but it's, it's called okay. National Realty. So. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Any shameless plugs are all right. Yeah. Sure. Uh, National Realty, and my dad's been doing it by himself, and then I basically, I mean, he's had, like, other agents uh, work with him. They've come and go, and so I think he's usually not the, you know, most expressive sometimes, sure. but I know deep down, like, he's he's pretty happy that I'm there. Yeah, I'm sure that he is. I'm sure. You know, maybe connecting those two things, Earl, I mean, the sort of the struggle of those six years and and yet, you know, really trying to find your way during that time in life anyway. And then now back here on island in real estate, you know, really trying to grow that that opportunity in front of you. What would you say, at least for you personally, would be the biggest challenge for a young professional trying to live for Jesus? It's that balance of living for yourself and living for God. Wow. Yeah. It's a daily struggle, I'll be completely honest, is how much of it is 
me wanting to, and I think part of it is just my personality. Like, even when I was playing soccer, even when, it, like, whatever I do, I kind of pour myself into right, it. Right. And, and that's not a bad thing, yeah. right? God wants us to do our best. We should be excellent, hardworking. That's not a, that's, that's, those are good character traits, but. Right. But it's, Kind of, if it goes beyond just hardworking and it feeds too much in, into my own ambition, and I'm starting to neglect like my ministry in the church or me, even just like the daily like steps, the routines that I right. have, like right. whether it's devotional or prayer, if it's cutting into that. Like, but the funny thing is, this is why I always come back to God brings me back because I feel like every time I go too hard into work. You know, work just doesn't go as well. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I realize <laughs> it's like I realize what I've done. I'm, it's. I think that's what's beautiful about a relationship with God is like God will give you lessons, but He knows that it's best for me. You know, He knows that it's best for my well-being and for my life. And I, I feel like the Christian life for me personally, it hasn't been like, hey, like you got to be like rock solid, and you know, you have to be this perfect person. Right. I feel like it's always more of like this constant, it's like ups and downs, but as you're going up and down in this, you know, walk of life, you're, you know, at least like kind of growing more and more to be like Christ. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I yeah. think it's a great explanation. Yeah. yeah, the challenges help us and we grow to be more like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I know that you're involved somewhat in uh, here at Harvest in a couple different areas, but you're involved with a group called Young Pros. That's correct. Right? Tell me a little bit about that. I don't know. We've talked about that on, on air. So Sure. It's a group of young professionals. <laughs> that's you the name. Young Pros, yeah. Basically, people who they're out of college and they're starting out their careers. You know, a lot of them are teachers. There's like military members. So we've got a pretty good group. And, you know, we're coming from all walks of life, but it's cool because we meet every Thursday and we encourage each other first by, you know, just singing songs of praise and, you know, getting encouragement from that, nourishment from that. And then uh, Pastor Jake, he's the one who's leading it. And he always comes in with, you know, just the best. It's part Bible study, but also just part discussion. Yeah. And he comes in with great discussion points and he makes us think. And so, yeah, it's been really helpful for me to go. I do my best not to miss those unless it's, yeah, but I, I encourage, you know, whoever's listening, if you guys are young professionals, then yeah, I mean, please come out. I mean, we'll, it's a pretty friendly group and it's a diverse group. So you'll find someone that you'll connect with probably. Yeah. Awesome. And you can reach out to the church if you got information or if you want information, you could uh, get on our website and send in an email. We can connect you with Jake or, or Earl actually. So we won't give out your personal phone number right here, Earl. We might get a whole bunch of calls, but <laughs> thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, God's doing a good work in that group. I'm excited about it. Um, so thanks for being a part of it and, and sharing in that. Church translation ministry, this is brand new, right? So over the last year or so, our pastoral team has been burdened for those on island that would have the potential of coming to Harvest, and in fact, some that are already involved at Harvest, where English is really a second language for them. So although they're learning and growing as they're connecting with people and also trying to listen to God's Word being taught, for sure the language barrier creates a, some of a struggle. So a few months ago, we started doing a little construction up in our balcony, and we put a couple translation rooms up there, mostly soundproof translation rooms. 
So each Sunday, launching this Sunday, December 6th, we'll have two translators up there speaking both Japanese and Korean, and they'll translate for the message time. And we've talked you into being part of that, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, kind of going back to what can I be involved with Harvest in, and you brought it up, how you were thinking about, I, I remember clearly, yeah, we were at Capriciosa, and you were like, <laughs> hey, what about, do you want to translate? <laughs> and to be completely honest, I do conversational Korean. Yeah. And so, you know, even when you listen to me or whoever's, uh, when you're, whenever you're listening to me, it'll come out as conversational Korean, I'm sure. It's not going to sound very formal. And so I was at first kind of hesitant to accepting. Yes, that's correct. But I, I think through your encouragement, Pastor Jake's encouragement, and then also just me kind of thinking it through saying, hey, I probably don't, I I have this talent that probably not a lot of people have on this church. And so why not? You know, why why don't I use it? And so, yeah, I I decided to just say, hey, yeah, let's just do it. Yeah, so what will happen in our service, before the service, you can stop in at our Welcome Center and receive a listening device. And then you'll just sit in the congregation. You'll be able to hear everything going on in English, sing together. You'll be able to hear the message in English. So you can, you know, try to, piece that together. But then during the message time, we'll have translators up in those booths. And through that hearing device, you'll be able to hear the Korean or the Japanese at the same time. And it's going to be a learning curve for all of us, right? For me as a, yep. as a communicator and, and preacher, our translators are not professionals. They're learning how to do this. I think they're going to get better and better. Mm-hmm. And even for the listener, you know, to be able to hear both the English and the Korean, I know that's, that's all. But I think it's going to be great. We've been praying about it. And uh, so if, if you're out listening and you say, boy, or if you know somebody that this would be really helpful for them, we'd invite you to bring them along this Sunday. We'll get, we'll get them hooked up. So thanks, Earl, for being willing to do that. I, I'm, I'm thrilled. Sure, no, thank you for the opportunity, Pastor, you know, for being able to serve and also just serving like the Korean community here. But yeah, hopefully good things come out of it. Yeah, yeah, amen. Well, I think that's a great story of what God's doing in your life, Earl, and your willingness to serve pretty cool hearing you know kind of the whole influence of your parents your parents are just awesome and they love god serious about their faith and so it's cool to see how god's placed that together i'm excited for your future i'm glad that you're back here looking forward to how god uses you here on guam and uses you here in the ministry at harvest so thanks for being with us today sure thank you pastor you bet And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we'd like to invite you to Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. We have two services Sunday morning, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. That translation that we've talked about today in Japanese and Korean will be during the 9 a.m. service this week. And it's our first week, so we hope you're able to participate. Of course, the usual COVID-19 protocols will be in place as well. And we will also live stream our 9 a.m. service. Check hbcguam.org for more on that, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.